Praise the Lord. All right, let's dismiss the little ones. All the little ones can go with Pastor Ben and Miss Jody to your class. And the rest of us, come on, get your Bible out, your cell phone, whatever you've got. Let's say it loud and say it proud, shall we? This is my Bible. It is the standard I live my life by. I'm a spirit-filled believer, sustained by my personal relationship with the Lord, empowered by my commitment to community, and expressed through outreach to others. Therefore, I can say, and give the Lord a big shout this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord forevermore. A big shout out this morning. Now, here's where I explain some things. Big shout out this morning to my wife, Chrissy. Let's give Chrissy a big hand clap. Now, let me tell you where she's at. She is in Naples, Florida at our Naples, Florida campus with Dave and Ann Riley. That's an actual picture she took this morning. So let's give our Naples campus a big hand clap this morning. Amen. It's, uh, it's really neat what the Lord is doing there because Ann and Dave have probably about a dozen people uh, on some Sundays that come to their house to watch the Victory live stream. Let me tell you, it's having an impact all over the country, folks. Let's give Jesus a big hand clap for that, okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So big shout out to you guys. We love you. And can y'all handle two weeks of me? Is that okay? Two, two, is that okay? Are y'all all right? All right, I, I always say this, but it is the absolute truth. I am so pumped about today's word. And here's why, church. We've already sang about it. Perry prayed it. And you've had a chance to already sense it and feel it before I have ever said a word. So that's really got me excited. Now, now as, we, as we've been talking about our, our theme, we all know what it is, right? Let's say it together. Forward in faith. And our foundation scripture, I bet you could quote this scripture backwards and upside down. Romans 8, 14, it says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. Does anybody qualify for that in this house today? Yes, you do. We are all sons and daughters of God. Now, I want to take just a minute and just recap a little bit of last week. We were talking about how you have to take a step. And today is take a step part two. Look at your neighbor and say part two. You want to finish up my little mini series over last week, this week, and just, just a brief little recap of what we went over last week before we take the steps today. Just gave you two steps last week. Going to give you two steps today. Everybody say baby steps. Last week we talked about how the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Talked about how you can make plans, but the Lord chooses what kind of steps? The steps that you take. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody's going to jump in there and say, oh, let, let me handle that. No, it's the steps that you take. Everybody say, steps I take. We also talked about as you take these steps, sometimes you're going to fall. But you know, ultimately, we need to realize the Lord delights in the steps that we take because it's the steps that he has established and he delights in it. You may not always like all of the steps that you've got to take, but the Lord is going to be there to do what every step of the way? He's going to hold your hand. Sometimes you're going to fall. Sometimes you're going to make a mistake, but guess what? Daddy's got your hand and all you got to do is just keep stepping. Look at your neighbor and say, keep on stepping. 
Gave you a little picture of a little baby. You know, his little foot was on the side and his daddy was holding his hands. A lot of us walk around <laughs> on the side of our foot, postured to fall, but you're not gonna fall because daddy's got your hands. So need to keep on stepping in that direction. First step that we talked about we've all got to do is we've all got to face a fear because somebody, everybody, we all you got something. And you just got to take a step toward that, whatever it is. We looked and tried to define what it might be. What will people think? What if what you're doing doesn't work? You always say, am I good enough? What if nobody likes you? Am I going to die? And I didn't say all that to belittle it because it's real. A lot of that is real. People are facing that stuff right now. People think, if I walk out of my house, am I going to die? If I go to the store, am I going to die? I say, no, you're not going to die. Daddy's got your hands. All this fear stuff, what can it actually be? I even gave you some examples of fears that I faced. Oh, my goodness. What is all that fear that comes at us? It's a big ball and chain that tries to keep us locked in a prison. And as we take steps in the days ahead, God is going to knock down those prison walls and set us all free. Can I have an amen for that? Ah, two definitions of fear that I thought were powerful. When fear comes to your doorstep, what are you going to do? You're going to forget everything and run? Or are you going to face everything and rise? I say we are those that can rise because of this scripture right here. The Lord says, do not fear. I will help you. That ought to give you umph right there to keep on going because the Lord says, no matter what comes your way, I'm going to help you. We talked about once you face a fear, then your vision can expand. Everybody say vision. Vision's a big deal. It really is. I describe vision as this, an open door on the path that God has laid out for you. God will begin to open doors on the road that you're traveling on. And as you seek him, understand who you are and where you're going, that vision that he gives you will be like a guide rail. And what does a guide rail do? It'll keep you safe on the road. As you're traveling in the course and the direction the Lord has laid out, vision will always keep you safe, lets you know what to do, what not to do. Does that make sense to you? And really and truly, I love the definition of vision. If you really want to get all technical with it, vision, Hebrew word, hazon, basically revelation that comes from God in his word. It's heavenly wisdom. Could anybody use some heavenly wisdom at times? Well, how do we get that heavenly wisdom? Very easy, James 1.5, we simply ask God. This is a scripture I know that we all know, but I love it. When you ask God, look out to see what he will say because he will speak to you. And when the Lord answers you, write down the vision. Write the vision because it's going to be for an appointed time. If it seems a little slow, wait for it. It will surely come and it will not delay. The biggest takeaway from all of this is this. Write down your vision. And some of you have spoken to me and said over this last week, you have written down vision. And that is powerful because when you ask God, who am I? Where am I going? What is this all supposed to be? He'll speak to you. And when he does, write it down. Can I have an amen for that? So church, as we progress in our steps today, as you face a fear, as your vision expands, here's something that we've all got to do. And this is a big one for my life. And I'll give you some, some of my examples. We have all got to stay balanced. Everybody say, stay balanced. Now, I want to show you a picture about balance, okay? Most people's lives right now look just like this. I'm serious. That's funny, isn't it? 
But the truth of the matter is, a lot of people, their lives right now look just like this. Cannot take another step because things are out of balance. Now, the interesting thing about this picture is this individual started out with balance. He got about halfway across. Some of you have started off with balance, but some things have come at you due to life's circumstances, situations of the day, and it's knocked things off balance, and you wonder, why, why, why am I stuck in this position? You need to bring balance back into your life. Now, this individual has it all figured out. What is that called he's holding there? A balance pole. And, you know, he's walking the tightrope, but he has something to balance him. You know, sometimes your life is like that rope right there, tightrope. Let me just go ahead and jump ahead. This right here, the Word of God, is what will keep you balanced every step of the way. You cannot do it without this being your balance pole. Now, I want these steps today to be very practical, very applicable to where you can walk out this door and begin to apply it. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is a very simple picture Balance pole. This is the balance pole for your life. Now, let's look at this word balance. I want to give you a definition of the word balance. Very simple, easy definition, okay? To keep something in a steady position. Everybody say steady position. That's just a simple little definition of the word balance. Keep something in a steady position. Now, I want you to think about this, all right? Let's get practical with this. What is it that comes at you to knock you off balance? Now, think about it. Just, just, just think about that. Look at your life. Think about it. What is it that you know that tries to creep into your life, and its sole purpose is to knock you off balance? Let me, let me give you a scripture right here about this. Proverbs says this, Doing what is wrong keeps everyone off balance and insecure. But those who do right... What's that say? Will never be uprooted. Now, when I read this scripture, I said, okay, Lord, talk to me about this. Doing what is wrong. Now, it doesn't necessarily say sin right there, does it? No. Doing what is wrong. Now, think about this. Let's be practical. We know it is wrong to stay up to 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and not get enough sleep, right? That's, that's not good. That's wrong. Why? It knocks your body off balance. It knocks your metabolism off balance. It knocks your chemicals off balance. Think about it. It's not necessarily sin, but it's wrong, knocks you off balance. Now, let's just, things I enjoy, food, okay? We know you shouldn't eat too much ice cream, too much fried, all, all the different things, you know, just, just our, our food, the things we do. Not necessarily sin, but just wrong, knocks your body off balance. Come on, watching too much TV, off balance, too much social media. It's not necessarily sin, but it's wrong. All kinds of things want to try to knock us off balance and keep us from moving forward. You got to be wise to the off-balance triggers in your life. That's all I'm saying. Because if you look at balance, the big deal with balance, it has to do with your root system. Now think about it. I'm trying to just make this practical. Balance has everything to do with your root system. Where do your roots go? Where are your roots growing? What are you rooted into? Now think about it. Where do your roots go? Let me, let me give you a good piece of advice where they should go. So then, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives where? In Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. So we can see from this right here, rooted in Him, 
does what? Keeps you balanced. I'm, I'm asking this question today. Are you rooted in him? Is, is, he, is he what you're connected to? Because that will keep you balanced in a world that's continually trying to knock you off balance. How many of you want to stay balanced in your life? Now, again, like I said, I want to make this very practical. There's things I think sometimes that we take for granted that have to stay in balance for, for just, you know, things in life. And I'm not talking about you personally, but I'm talking about things that you deal with every day. Let, let's look at this. Rooted and built up in him is the key to balance. So remember that. So things that we have to have in balance. How many of you like to ride on balanced tires, right? I mean, seriously. Now, now think about it. Why do your tires have to, have to be balanced, right? Why, why is that? Because if not, it's, it's, it's just not a smooth ride. I mean, really, just think about it. Your tires on your car, they have to be balanced. Like I was saying a minute ago, balanced diet. Okay, just practical aspects of this. It doesn't have to be all this wild spiritual stuff. Practical. Okay, you eat a balanced diet. Why are you supposed to eat a balanced diet? So your body functions properly, right? Okay, just think about balance in nature. I thought this was really interesting too. A big boat. Anybody ever been on a cruise? No, sorry. Hey, has anybody been on a cruise? Everybody been on a boat? Yeah, a few people. Okay, let's just say that. Let's just say a boat, all right? You've been on a boat. It's amazing. You know, there are forces that have to be balanced for that boat to stay afloat. And I didn't, I mean, I figured that, but I never really, you know, I never really thought about it. You just think the boat's going to float, right? But there's a couple things that have to work right, balance forces for that boat to stay afloat. Gravity and the water's upthrust. Anybody ever heard of that? I never really even heard of that until I started trying to look at the practical aspects of balance. Now, because gravity and the boat's upthrust, whatever that is, are equal, the boat stays afloat. And if those things get out of balance, what happens? It's going to sink. It's going down. And I don't want to be on that thing if it's going down. Now, a lot of people's lives look like this, half in, half out, off balance. What kind of forces are opposing you? What things are coming at you? If you're rooted and grounded in him, you're not going to sink. Amen? Amen? Now, probably my favorite as far as balance forces, airplanes. <laughs> I'm hitting it again. Y'all were here last week. Hope you heard the story. Anyway, just think, now think about this in a practical sense, really. What forces have to stay balanced for an airplane to stay in the air. You've got all these fancy words here, thrust and drag and lift, weight, all these things. Have you ever been on an airplane? Seems like it happens to me every time I'm on one. They want you to move around in the airplane and they say the reason is we need to be balanced. Has that ever happened to anybody or am I the only one? Are you kidding me? Are you, no, hold on a minute, pause. Are you serious? That's never happened to anybody? That's happened to me three out of the last, at least three times over the last eight or nine Never. Okay, now seriously, I, I'm telling you, even this trip that we went on with Pastor Mark uh, to the Significant Church Conference, the lady asked me to move because balance in the plane. I'm serious. Is it, why is it always just me in airplanes? I'm serious, y'all. It's for real. Anyway, it's happened to me. I'm going to pray it happens to one of you just so you don't think I'm lying. That's it, bro. I mean, it's something with me in airplanes, whatever. But I'm serious, I've actually had that three or four times. They've asked me to move, and I'm thinking, well, gee whiz, really? I quit. Okay, if I'm going to be the determining factor whether we stay in there, I'll sit on the nose of the plane, man. <laughs> Whatever. You know, anyway. 
And you know this too. They have to have a balanced amount of fuel in the wings. You ever heard of that? Surely you've heard of that. Maybe not. Okay, anyway. But all of these things that play into balance, you know, just in an airplane, so that bad boy stays in the air. And we want them to stay in the air, right? So based on all that, let, let me ask you this question. How, how many of you want a life that is a smooth ride, functions properly, and doesn't sink, and it stays in the air, right? How many of you want that? Well, balance is the key. And just some personal examples uh, of balance, I, I'll get to that in a minute, but I think the greatest example of balance, now let's think about this. The greatest example of balance, I'm going to say, is Jesus. And I, I love that movie, The Passion. So I'm going to pull pictures out of that all the time because I just love the way that actor portrayed Jesus. It's just, I just love it so much. And, and I just see Jesus as the ultimate example of balance. Now, I've talked to you about balance in a practical sense, what you should be rooted in so that you stay balanced, practical things in nature and, and in our lives that, that have to have balance to really function properly. But Jesus was the greatest example for all of us to follow as far as balance. He lived a, a perfectly balanced life. He was the Savior. He was the one that we should do everything in our power to, to emulate and to follow. And this is what I love about Jesus. When I really looked for scriptures pertaining to balance, I, I came up with a lot, but I just could not get away from this one. This scripture in Luke 2, it says, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. Now, there's tremendous amounts of balance in there because the word stature right here has to do with importance. Now, think about this. Wisdom, stature, his importance. <laughs> he never let his head get bigger than his mission. Now, think about it. Knowing who he was, knowing what he was here to do at any moment, he could have tipped the scales in his favor. Now, come on now. You know the scripture says he could have called 10,000 angels, but he didn't. He stayed balanced with who he was and what he had to do. And I think it's so amazing about Jesus. You think Jesus, you would just think, well, well, he just had favor. He just, you know, miraculous things. Well, he was a man. Scripture says he was a man that functions just like we do. So he had to stay balanced with favor with God and men, just like we do. He had to balance all of that. The perfect example of balance is Jesus. Wisdom and stature, God, and men. Now think about this, all right? Let's get practical just for another minute. What does, pe what, what does, what does God use to keep you balanced in your life? Now think about that for a minute. I'm gonna give you a suggestion. God uses people to keep you balanced. All right, think about it. God uses people to keep you balanced. Say amen, fellas. Mm -hmm. The wife, great balance. Oh, I'll just stop right there. Now, think about it. Now, now, examples of balance in my life, okay? The Lord used my father, my earthly father, for a big time in my life to keep me balanced. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole story, but the sport of powerlifting, the things that we did through my teenage years, my formative years, I was with my father a whole lot. People thought that was weird, but I just wanted to hang out with my dad because my dad kept me balanced. I am not joking when I say this. When my father and I began weight training and all those kind of things, I would try to sneak candy sometimes. I'm serious, I would. Even though my dad said, you cannot eat this, 
you've got to go to bed at this time. If you want this result, you got to stay balanced. you got to do this. And every once in a while, I would try to sneak a Twinkie. And it was just like he had some sort of sixth sense about sugar. He'd just sit, I'd have the Twinkie. It'd be close to, and his hand would come out of nowhere and grab the Twinkie, squish it in my face, and say, what are you doing? Now, that might be a tad exaggerated, but that's what I felt like. It's pretty close. I'm serious. I mean, really, my dad kept me about, I mean, seriously, a lot of times in my life, you know, as kids, you know how your kids do, time to go to bed. And they say, okay, good night, I'm going to bed. But they really don't go to bed. My dad would follow me to the, brush my teeth, make sure I was, and put me in the bed and, and lock it down. <laughs> because these things had to stay balanced in my life if I wanted to accomplish something in what we were doing. So, so my dad, my mother, whoo, help me, Lord Jesus. Mama kept me balanced. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you this story because it's the absolute truth, okay? The times that I did try to go out, and let's just say be a teenager, we'll leave it at that, with my buddies, I'm not exaggerating. This is not an exaggeration. There are times I went to some places I should not have gone to. Okay, so did you. Don't look, yeah, don't look like, right, Ryan, Pastor Ryan, oh, help me, Lord. Miracle testimony of God's balance right there. Seriously, now, y'all, listen to this. I would go to some parties and some places, and I knew I should not be there, okay? I'm just being honest with you. Now, I would come home. Oh, my goodness. My mother would meet me at the door, and she'd just stand there and look at me. And I'd walk in the door, and I'm like, what are you doing? And finally, she'd say, well, where you been? Oh, you know, Mom, I was so-and-so over here and over there. And she'd keep following me. She'd say, and now you're going to tell me the truth, or do you want me to tell you? And I'd say, well, Mom, you know. And she'd say, you were here. You were with here. You did here. You said you did. My mother, now listen to me. I'm telling you the truth. Would tell me where I'd been, who I'd been with, and what I was doing. Shocked me and terrified the fellows I was running around with. I'll explain that in a minute because my mother, I would, I would, I would, now, in the moment you're terrified, you're thinking, this is before GPS, y'all. This is before cell phones. This is before eye in the sky, big brother business. This is mama and Holy Spirit. One day my mom grabbed me by the hand when I said, mom, how did you know that? For real. Grabbed me by the hand, took me back to this back bedroom and she said, son, from the moment you walked out that door, I laid on that bed and prayed in tongues. Yes, I said that. And the Holy Spirit told me what was going on, and the Holy Spirit told me to pray for you. Now, that is the absolute truth. You talk about bringing balance in your life. A lot of times I told my friends that, and they said, you crazy. It ain't no way. I said, okay, all right, oh, well, you just whatever. I'm going to have her call your mom. <laughs> So some guys would say, well, hey, let's go over here and do this. Let's go over here and do that. And y'all know who I'm talking about. Hopefully some friends are watching. We'd be in the car and they'd say, well, let's go over here. And I'd, stupid, I'd say, okay, let's go. Buddy in the back would say, I ain't going. Chris's mom's going to know. I ain't no way I'm going over there. And I'm seriously brought balance in my life. I had buddies that got saved because my mom prayed them into the kingdom. I'm serious. For real. Y'all need, we need to know, hey, you need to know what your kids are doing. Everybody say Balance. Now, that's my own personal story, but listen, church, we all face issues today. We've got to stay balanced in this political realm that we live in today with all this stuff that's out of balance. Church, we've got to, we've got to find that balance by the leading of the Holy Spirit and all that. 
societal issues. Come on, things are way out of whack, way out of balance. Got to stay balanced in your money. Practical, come on. Balanced in your money. Balanced in your work. Come on, come on, guys. Do you work 50 hours a week and spend two hours a week with your family? Come on, it's out of balance, guys. It's out of balance. You, you, you know, everything's got to have balance. Husbands, wives, spending time with one another, dads, moms, time with kids. And I'm not talking about just throwing them in a car and going to the game and going to the practices. That ain't quality time. Come on, do you have quality time? Come on, think about it. Look at your lives. Are you living balanced lives? Because balanced lives will lead to the next step. And this is where I really want to focus. This is a point I really want to drive home. So I ask you to just kind of pay attention in this next step. Again, as we face a fear, as we step into vision, as we stay balanced, church, then I believe that we can all step into power. Now, here's where you've already heard a lot of this today. Everybody say power. Now, even in talking about this, I want to I stay balanced, even, even in this, this subject of power. Now, when I say power, okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about something like this, okay? I'm not, come on, because sometimes in church, this just gets so wild. I'm, I'm not talking about grabbing a hold of something wild and crazy, but let's be practical and mature and balanced with this. When I say power, okay, what does that mean? What kind of power? Where do I get it? Who has it? And why do I need power? Let that sink in. Because, church, I truly believe the Lord needs us to step in to power. Now, I ask these questions, what does that mean, and why do I need power? Now, I want to show you a video. In just a second, guys, I'll give you the cue. I want to show you a video. Uh, it's evangelist Daniel Kalinda, and if you don't know who that is, he has taken over for Reinhard Bonnke. Reinhard Bonnke has gone on to be with the Lord, and Daniel Kalinda was charged and, and, and given the ministry, put over that ministry, and travels all over Africa, and not just Africa, travels all over the world. And I'm going to show you about a five-minute clip of a testimony of an individual that was absolutely rocked by the power of God. Now, in his video, his, his English is, is a little bit broken. They put some subtitles so you could see specifically what he's saying. But here's what I want you to get in this video. I want you to see an individual that's mesmerized by the power of God, and look how it just absolutely transformed his life. So guys in the back, if you can dim the house lights and roll the video. My father and my mother, you all are Muslim. I was born a Muslim. I know at this moment I'm sitting down here. Anybody who know me will know that after today and yesterday, my life has changed. of things yesterday happened to me. I was deaf. Before somebody called me to give me something, I have to beat me. I can't hear. I spent a lot of money because of medicine for this, my ears. Saturday morning, I came to Accra to visit my own brothers. 
So after visiting them, I was coming back to go Tema. It was very late and the train left. So I just went and slept at this place. sound and I was healed that immediately I was healed I went to the people I said no let me testify this I was deaf I, I, my name is Mohammed I I have a problem for my ears for almost two years I when you speak I don't understand I can't hear very well so I have this problem for two years. So I'm, I'm not even trying to come here. I came from Tema, I came to Kanesi. By going to take a train, I make late. So I say, let me come to the Independence Square. You see, I came to Independence Square. I was sitting down here, just here. I did not even pray, I did not do anything. So I, I wake up. And I, I, I can hear, and the ears was telling me I can hear. People who know me can testify that I am very happy. I think Jesus is a God. He understands me. I was not born to be dead. I was not born to worship a God that I do not know. I have opportunity, 
I could attend to pastor and then I'll open my own church or I'll be preaching in the street. Yeah! When you, you know the truth, and the truth must surely set you free. Wow. Can we give Jesus a hand clap? Come on. Wow. Somebody rocked by the power of God. Wasn't even supposed to be there. Was actually going somewhere else. Just happened to show up. Didn't even pray. Bam, the power of God hit him. Church, this is what I've got to say about that. We need power. Okay, do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Church, we need power. We need power. Is anybody really ready to understand what that means? I love what Paul said. Paul said, the sermons I preached were not delivered with the kind of persuasive elegance that some have come to expect. But they were effective because I relied on God's spirit to demonstrate God's power. Now, let that sink in a minute because sometimes this, this power thing can get way out of balance with people. I want to bring it right into focus, right into center. A lot of people today expect elegance in speech and are okay with no power. Just give me pretty words. Give me a lot of Greek. Give me a lot of Hebrew. Tickle my head. But, but you know, that power thing, leave that over there. I'm here to tell you today, God's spirit is God's power. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, come on, if, it's a big if. Now, I'm going to push this a little hard. I would rather be in a room where the oohs and ahs are the miracle and the manifestation of God's power rather than fancy words. Now, look at what Jesus did with his group that he pulled together. When he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them, look at this, power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Do you see power over unclean spirits? You don't talk an unclean spirit out. You don't reason an unclean spirit out. You don't try to manipulate an unclean spirit out. What do you do, church? You cast it out. Sickness and disease shows up. You don't coddle it. You don't allow it. You don't just get used to it. What are you supposed to do? I'm not talking about somebody else. What are you supposed to bring to the situation? Healing you. No, come on now. I'm trying to get you cranked about this because we've settled for, well, over in Africa, over there. <laughs> I want it right here, in here. I want it happening through you. I want it, ha listen to me, I want it happening through you and you and you and you. Do we understand what he's, do we understand the authority that Jesus died to give us? In this declaration, Jesus is doing right here. His, who's his audience? His disciples, his crew, the people he drew closer to. In here is nothing about fancy preaching. 
You knew who they were by what happened around them and through them, not just what they said, but the fruit in what they said. Does that make sense? Listen to what Jesus also said. You must, you could stop right there. This is Jesus. He says, you must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit. <laughs> what? Make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Make it a habit. Where's that at? Let's be real. Come on. We're in church. Let's, let's be real. Where's that? Make it a habit. Raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it. Big question. Have you received the power? And are you ready to release it? Pause moment. Have you received the power? Okay, okay, have you received the power? Well, I think, well, maybe. No, you can know. There don't have to be any maybes or gray areas. Now, here's where I'm about to step in it. Will you step with me? Yes. <sighs> power. Receive power. Let's say it this way. You have to receive power before you can release that power. So, so let's, let's, let's look at this word power. Okay, here's a fancy word. Here's a little Greek. You probably know what it is. Greek <coughs> word for power is what? Everybody say it. Dunamis. You ever heard that before? Sure. Meaning of dunamis. I love the meaning of dunamis even more. It means dynamite. Come on, say dynamite. That's my kind of word. Say it again. Say dynamite. So big question based on dynamite. Who's ready to explode on the devil? And I'd put a little D on purpose. <laughs> Who's ready to explode on the devil? A lot of people just say, well, I'm at church. Ain't that exploding enough? I'm here. I just talk to me. I got to go. My wings is waiting. Come on. A lot of times, that's, we're more afraid of the clock than we are of the power. I mean, come on. We're more dictated to by, get me out of here. Got it. Hey, stick to the. I mean, come on. Everybody say balance. Got to have balance in this thing. So let me ask you a question. Let's be very practical here. How do you get this explosive power? We think we know, we've got some ideas, but you're going to walk out of here and you're going to know today. How do we get this explosive power and what is it? Let me rephrase the question. The question isn't what is it, but rather who is it? Jesus talks again. You shall receive, now go with me, power after. Let that sink in. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Now, do you get the power after part? Who's Jesus talking to here? His disciples, his crew, his ones, right? This is when he was getting ready to ascend up in heaven. He said, listen to me. He said, you're going to get power after the Holy Spirit. Could you imagine Jesus saying, look, it's better for me to go. It's better for you guys that I go. And I could just see Jesus says, look, it's all in me right now, but if I go, it's going to get in you. 
I got to get out of here because look, man, the whole real deal to this is not just me. Could you imagine Jesus saying this? It's not really me, it's you. You're going to be the one that carries the gospel. And these guys, these disciples, these guys, he says, I got to go. Could you imagine what was going through their mind? Leave, why would you ever want to leave? Because Jesus would love to say, look, buddy, you don't get it. It's in me. I want to put it in you. I've got to go. So he will come. Who he? Holy Spirit. Power after. I'm going to drive that point home. Power after. And I love to think about the disciples. Go with me in your mind for a minute. Can I paint a picture? The disciples, the individuals he's talking to, the guys that walked with Jesus, the guys that talked with Jesus, the guys were there. Peter walked on the water, but you're going to receive power after. But wait a minute, power after walking on water? Surely I've got it. That's enough, right? No. Uh, the, the fish, the two fish, the five loaves, all the things that they saw, all the things that they were witness to, couldn't they just go on what they know? No. It had to be in them. It's not enough just to be around it. You can go stand in a gym all day and nothing's going to change till you get in the gym. You can go to church all day, stand around, nothing's going to happen until it gets in you. Power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Everybody say shall be love this scripture. Jesus talking to his disciples again. He says, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here. Don't go anywhere yet. I know you saw it all, but don't go anywhere yet. It's not, it's not in you yet. Stay here until the Holy Spirit fills you. Didn't we hear a song about that today? Holy Spirit fills you with what? Power from heaven. Look at this. Stay here until. Stay here until. We all know Acts chapter 2. But look at what the Lord is saying. It isn't just enough to see it. It isn't just enough to watch it. It's got to be in you. What are we talking about? Power. The greatest example in Scripture about what I'm talking about Power after. Everybody say power after. I think the greatest example of this is Peter. Now, this picture is not a great picture, but think about Peter. In this picture, you know what's going on. He's denying Jesus. There's a little rooster up there. Think about that moment. Peter's sitting with Jesus right there. He's seen all that. Walked on the water. Jesus looked at Peter and said, you're the rock. Bro, I'm going to build my church on you. But that night, Jesus looks at Peter and he says, you need to know this. You're going to deny me. What did Peter say? Lord, are you, are you crazy? Never. I'll follow you all the way to death. But Jesus knew what was really going on. He said, look, Peter, my dear friend, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Satan has obtained permission to come and sift you all like wheat and test your faith. But I prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes Remember this after. Now, now, here's a homework assignment. There's more to this, but I want you to go home and read it. If you've got a phone, look it up. Luke 22, 31, 32, the Passion Translation. Just read it. Read it in translation you want. I don't really mind. Just read that. The biggest thing I want you to get out of this, Jesus told him what was going on. He says, I'm going to pray for you, but remember this 
after. Everybody say after. There's something to this after business. There's something to this Holy Spirit coming upon you, filling you, and then after that, then you go. Everybody say go. Now, I think if you really want to get technical with it, we all know what happened. I love this. Peter, who had been denying Jesus, Acts 1.8, Jesus says, power after all that stuff. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. We know what happened, Acts chapter 2. Go home and read that. Acts chapter 2, read the whole thing. It'll blow your mind. After that infilling of power, yes, Holy Spirit, power, power from heaven, the juice, the one, Peter runs right back out into the middle of town, starts preaching Jesus like nobody's ever heard. Full of faith, full of power, what does Scripture say? Then Peter stepped forward. Forward in faith is exactly what that guy did. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. He wasn't being nice about it. Listen carefully, all of you. Doesn't this just sound like power? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. What's he saying? His power is going to be unleashed upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Do you get the correlation here? Step forward, pour out my spirit, prophesy, dreams, visions, God kind of stuff going on. He goes on to say, in those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now get this, and this is a chunk right here. God's power being poured out, signs and wonders. We want that, right? What is the purpose for it? The one and only purpose for it. So that people will come into the kingdom of heaven. It is not for a circus sideshow. I ask the Lord this all the time, church. Lord, could you trust us enough to do some miraculous things in this house? Just simply because we love you, because we want people to come into the kingdom. And I've told the Lord this, Lord, I won't take a picture. I won't tell anybody. We won't even post it on social media. Lord, we'll let you speak for yourself. Didn't Jesus look at people when he healed them and said, look, don't say anything. You just go on and show yourself to the priest. Just do, do, do what you do. Could God begin to do power things in here because he can trust us to not let it go to our head, to not let it be some sort of, some sort of sideshow? There are people in here right now, and I know who you are, that you feel an anointing on you to pray for people, but you don't do it. You feel intimidated. You feel afraid. Well, it may not fit. Is it out of order? Brother, you pray for people. You watch God heal somebody. We're going to change the order real quick. You won't have to tell anybody about anything going on if people start getting healed. This morning right here with the, with the team before church, we had a powerful time. Chris, I'm telling you, man, Chris is another person that the Lord has used in my life for balance. I'll get back here in the men's class, get to going wild, bouncing around. And I look at him and say, help bring some balance to this. And he'll bring a scripture in. He brought a scripture in this morning. Y'all even heard it at, at Call to Worship this morning. Lord, do you, do you, would you hang out here a while? And when our hearts as a church, when we are postured, Lord, we just want you. All this stuff's going to happen when we get him. I want him. I want presence over presentation any day of the week. 
pretty lights, whatever fog machines. Yeah, let's get five of them. That's fine. But if it ain't got no presence in it, you can keep it. Let's tweak the music. Let's get the lights right. Let's have nice videos. Yeah, but if it ain't no presence in it, I don't want it. I'd rather have a jug and a jaw harp and an open field if God's presence is there and people are getting healed. Those who believed what Peter had to say were baptized and added to the church in that day. Chris, y'all can come on up. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. Have y'all ever heard that before? Yeah, quite a few times, right? Now, we know that in that particular time, they only kept records for the men, right? So if you study it out, and go and study it out, there was men there. There were wives there. There was kids there. And I, and I studied this out. It's safe to say that there was about 6,000 people. They say that's a good estimate, a good, good estimate, about 6,000 people. Now think about that. One man, power after. And I didn't go real deep into all that. I wanted to stay balanced. I wanted to just really with all that, just get your mind thinking. Because there's more to church than just sitting in the seat and listening and saying hi and bye. At least there is going to be in this house. Yeah. So you, you hang on. Because Jesus is going to do what Jesus wants to do in this house. He's going to do it through you. Because just like, I, I'm getting off track, but I'll come back. Just like Chris said a little while ago, the Lord wants to visit his people in such a powerful way. He's not mad at the world. He doesn't hate the world. He loves them. And a lot of talking ain't going to get it done. We're going to need to roll up on some cripples and have them get up. We're going to need to walk into a pool of blind people, and they're going to need to see. Then all those Muslims and, and us all, whatever's out there, they're going to say, what, what is, who is this? The guy in the video, he was a born Muslim. Name's Muhammad. Muhammad found Jesus. Why? My ears! What? What if they walk in here going, what? My ears! And we just say, hey, it's just just Jesus. Come on in. Have a good good day. Praise the Lord. Don't don't, don't put your cameras up. He's he's fine. Let him go home. Tell everybody. They'll roll up in here. We won't know what to do with it. Safe to say 6,000 were there. What does 6,000 look like? I'm going to show you. That's a picture of 6,000 people. No, I didn't count on the internet said so, so I believe it. (laughs) Preach it, brother. Preach it, brother. I'm going to get you to come up here one of these days. I really am. 6,000 people. One man, power after. You get the power rolling through you, we're going to have to build three more times. Three, three, three times is big. Three, three, I mean, come, do you hear what I'm saying? You get the power of God rolling through you, every seat over there is going to be full. You get the power of God rolling through you, every seat, we won't know what to do with them. The CDC will freak out because we've got thousands of people in here crammed in here. Two or three services a day. Why not? Why not? I don't want just, just be happy. Pretty words. Woo, great day. Woo, that's great. Pretty words. Pretty words. Wow. Power of God. That's what I want. Stand up all over the house. So how do we get this? Well, I think the theme that we've been talking about for two months will get us there. Forward in faith. 
And it's 12.05. If you need to go, I am not offended. If anybody needs to run, go. Go ahead. You got work, I, you're fine. 12.05. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it up. Forward in faith, that's how we're going to get there. Well, how does that work? Well, I've been telling you for two weeks. First of all, face a fear. Get a vision. Stay balanced. And then we're going to step into power. Lift your hands up all over the house. Father, we come to you today. And Father, I thank you for your word. Your word, Lord, that changes lives. Father, I thank you for your power, that Holy Spirit infilling of power. Father, I thank you that, that as we stay balanced in the days ahead, Father, you're going to be able to trust us with power. Father, as we're all willing to face a fear, allow our vision to expand, walk with balance rooted in you, stable in you, power is readily available to us. Now just hang with me for a minute. The altar's open. I'm not gonna make you come down, but I'm gonna strongly suggest that if there are some things out of balance in your life, and, and again, I didn't say sinful issues. I just said some things out of balance in your life. And you wanna lay some of that stuff down. Come on down, just come on down, balance. I'm speaking specifically, I'm doing this in order with a real rhyme and reason to it. If there are things out of order, come on down. Get around the altar, some are already doing it. You know some things are out of balance. Don't miss this opportunity, listen to me. Don't miss it because it'll never get easier than this. We all sense God's presence, so just let him deal. Just simply let him deal. Some things out of balance. I'm gonna give it just another, I see some more coming, so I'll let you come. Again, if you need to go, you can, it's okay, it's all right. Second thing I'm gonna ask, first was balance. This thing is the power issue. And I'm just feeling like I'm gonna say it this way, you know. You need that power. You know what I'm talking about. You need some infilling of his spirit. I want you to come down over here. You want to really function in that power. You want that thing released. You want Holy Spirit functioning in you, on you, around you. You come on down. You come on down. Don't let the nervousness stop you, okay? Don't let... You, 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 you may say, man, I don't even really fully know what you're talking about. Well, so what? The Lord does. Come on down here. This power thing. You want, this, this is a family day. This is a power thing between you and your father. And here's the third thing I heard in my heart too. Now, ministry team, you be alert. You be available to come down. I'm not gonna call you at a specific time. You just know right now, you can come on down and begin to pray over around one of these. What do you feel like you need to do, ministry team? And those I've invited on the ministry team, you come be a part of this too. Here's the third thing I'm gonna do. You need a healing in your body. Today, I'm telling you, is your day. I feel it in my heart. I'm gonna ask you to come on down front. Why are you asking us to come down front, Chris? We've been talking about taking a step for two months. It's time you actually do it in a safe environment that is for you and charged with the presence of God. You need a healing in your body. You come down here. You come on down, make your way. Balance in your life, power of God. You need a healing in your body, make your way down. 
You right there at the altar, you throw your hands up. You talk to your Father God. You begin to talk to Him. Tell Him what's out of balance. You begin to release that power, that power from within inside. Those of you that need a healing, lift your hands up. Begin to claim your healing. I'm going to pray specifically over that. And I need some other folks too. If you, need, if you feel impressed to pray for someone, sometimes your answer will come as you pray for someone else. You come on down, begin to pray for these that are here. It's between you and your Father God right now. I'm going to pray for healing. If you need healing anywhere in the house, lift your hands up, grab a hold of it. Today's your day. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, blind eyes open in the name of Jesus. Deaf ears hear in the name of Jesus. Cancer, die in the name of Jesus. Uh, nerve problems be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that spines, scoliosis healed right now in the name of Jesus. Elbow problems, knee problems healed in the name of Jesus right now healed in the name of Jesus night terrors gone right now in the name of Jesus Lord knees uh, what am I hearing Lord arthritis right now healed in knee problems elbow problems turning your neck only can go so far healed right now in the name of Jesus those of you online grab your healing grab your healing right now Grab your healing right now. Grab your healing right now. Grab your healing right now. Receive balance right now. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Baptism of the Holy Spirit fall in this place. People receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that heavenly prayer language. I believe it. That's who we are. Spirit, come in this place. Spirit, come in this place. Come on, some of you out there right now, just lift your hands up. He wants to just fall on you. Holy Spirit, fall in this place. Holy Spirit, fall in this place. Holy Spirit, fall in this place.